Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Homemaker Chic. Happy Thursday. We are so glad that you are with us. I am one of the hosts of Homemaker Chic, Shay Elliott of the blog, The Elliott Homestead, joined by my co-host, Angela Reed of the blog, Parisian Farm Girl. And we are here with you every Monday and Thursday, duking it out as homemakers, <laughs> rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. We are eight seasons in now, and I have to say, homemaking is so much more beautiful to me than it was when we started. Yes. Uh, I do find this mindset that I walk around the house with the mindset of being a good homemaker. Mm-hmm. And like not to like micromanage myself or make it onerous or something, but what sometimes I'll say, a good homemaker would stop right now and wipe that counter off. You are a good homemaker. <laughs> wipe the counter off. Like, it's just a discipline. You know, we talked the other day about like this, the discipline yeah. of in, in our home. And I do. This show is really just, um, yeah. I feel, I've said this before, I feel accountable. I feel this undercurrent of accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So today we kind of made you pull yourself up by your bootstraps on Monday a little bit with Allie. We hope that that was helpful for you. I am trying to do what she says and not go through aggressively. But, you know, just like I've had to accept that working out is going to be something that you just have to consistently do. It's a lifestyle. So it's okay if you miss a week. It's okay if you miss a day. But like, don't get off, don't fall off the train completely. And I think that idea of decluttering and making sure that the things that are in your home are of service to your home and to the people who live there and to the people that you want to bring in. um, I love, I just love that idea of it. And so we're going to be leaning in a little bit less into the dogmatic, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, make your bed stuff. And instead today, we're just going to be, we have no planned agenda, but we're going to just be talking about the beauty once again. So we're doing sure. these maybe unbeautiful things like cleaning out desk drawers, mm-hmm. but the beauty and the arts that are that fill our home are really important too. So we're just going to sit there for a little bit today. Yes. And there is nothing quite like a made bed. It is a beautiful thing. And we would like to remind you that this season is brought to you this season. Make your bed. It's brought to you by American Blossom Linens. And you should definitely give them a visit this weekend or even today. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. It is very chic to save 20%. So use our coupon code HomemakerChic20. Get yourself some beautiful linens for your bed or for your children's beds if you're making the rounds and just... Mm-hmm changing your house around to serve you instead of vice versa. Invest once in these beautiful sheets, which I think, Shay, you told us last week, the only organic cotton sheets in the country to be made in America from the cotton seed till they end up on your bed, correct? Correct. I I don't even think it's organic. I think it's just the only 100% American-made linen company from start to finish. Oh, goodness. And it's over 100 years old. It's a family-owned business that's been around for 100 years. Um, and I will say, cause they, our listeners might not know this cause we do really promote their sheets. They also have duvet covers. So I allocated a little chunk of our bedroom renovation fund to buy a new duvet, duvet cover from American Blossom Linens. Yes. So yes, that yes. is coming uh, next Tuesday and okay. I'm so excited. 
because I also shared with y'all last week, I have thrifted duvet covers. One of them is this beautiful green pottery barn duvet cover. The other one is, um, it's actually another pottery barn one, but it's, you know, it's, it has served its time. It's beautiful, but it's served its time. So that's going to go into the donate pile so that it can bless somebody else's house for a little while. Were you ever a big pottery barn person? Like, like, did you have a period of your life where you like went to the mall and you, even if you didn't shop, didn't have a mall? Okay. We didn't have, I was never a pottery barn person. Stores. Yeah. No stores, Mm. no big chain stores like that. But I did kind of have to like cringe the other day when Allie said she'd like, wouldn't even want to go in a William Sonoma. I'm like, we're done here. Maybe we're done here. <laughs> good day. I said good day. Good day, ma'am. <laughs> I love me some William Sonoma. Actually, uh, my uh, my friend Natalie's birthday is at the end of October, and she's like, "What do you say we go take a night in Bellevue and go to Crate and Barrel?" I'm like, "Let's do this." <laughs> See, I was never a Crate and Barrel person either. Oh, I just it love was... it for the things, just the Mm-mm. things. Mm-hmm. Sir Latab, William Sonoma, oh, but not Sir Crate and Barrel. Sir Latab, it's like a big hot. That's like sexy. Ugh. Wow. Like, obviously, the websites are one thing, but you go in those stores and they're 12 feet high with copper and ramekins and hand carved olive wooden spoons. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The things that make my skirt fly up, you guys. It's like, what? <laughs> Oh, like these. Okay, I got my stemware to show you. Remember, I've been talking about it. This is what yes. I found at the thrift store the other day. So, like a ton oh, of these. Oh, okay, yes. So they're a little bit. I don't. This is not I, as frilly as I might usually buy. Okay, okay. And then the matching this guy. Yes. And then the matching little like for flamboise or amaretto yes. or something. Yes, beautiful. So those last two, those are the shape uh-huh. that I got in the set that I got antiquing last week. Um, if you guys would like to see what she's talking about, I can't believe we haven't mentioned this in like two episodes. Dirt. Please visit us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast, because that is where you can show your love to the podcast. That is what keeps Homemaker Chic on the air. We so love and appreciate our patrons who have just supported so the podcast with a $10 or $5 a month donation. It does keep us going. So you get video forms of the podcast and a few other goodies, and we stay on the air talking about whatever we want to talk about. (laughs) Because quite frankly, all this equipment is expensive. And for us to tell the husbands, like, you're on your own for four hours a week while we set up and record and it's to cover their takeout cost for exactly children. (laughs) Do you know how much pizza we eat? Carry out pizza. Oh, my goodness. Can I tell you something? Yes. Yesterday was one of those moments. We cleaned the house. Um, The kids had done a really good job of playing. So they got to sit and they got to watch a show, some wild crats, while I was making dinner. I didn't know quite what I was going to make. I knew that I had another veal roast. Mm -hmm. That's the red meat we have right now. And so I actually did this recipe for my cooking community a couple of months ago. But essentially, you just olive oil the outside of a beef roast, and then you Mm -hmm. slather it with herbs de Provence and salt and pepper. Yes. Stick it into a big hot oven for 20 minutes, bump the temperature down, let it cook Mm. for another 30 minutes, and then pull it out. And then you slice it really thin so it's rare in the middle. 
and it's like just perfect slivers of beautiful Stop. veal. Can you and then I ma- that? <laughs> it was so incredibly good. It's the simplest way to cook a roast. You got to cut it nice and thin, have something. Mm-hmm. So I made um, a sour cream and mustard and parsley little dip, you know, kind yeah. of a thing to serve mm-hmm. along the side of the roast. It was beautiful. But I didn't know what else I was going to serve with it. So I go out to the garden and I just start digging around and I come back with a basket full of sweet corn and freshly dug Yukon gold potatoes and sun gold tomatoes and basil and parsley and shallot. And I come back in. Oh, and a cantaloupe. I come back in and I just make a really simple tomato basil salad, balsamic shallot. I make... I roast the potatoes in heavy cream. I slice them really thin and roast them in heavy cream. Mm -hmm. I get my dry farm wine ready on the table. I set things up, light the candles, um, slice up the cantaloupe, pull out the beef roast. It was like the best meal I've ever eaten. And it was like the most humble, simple ingredients and food. I mean, there was nothing complicated about it. Yeah. Why is that so good? It was I, just it, peace. It like was just. I don't know, Shay, <sighs> but it just is. I think like we make everything so complicated and you go like you get like a bistro fair, just hearty like French cookbook. You're like, this is very simple. There's nothing extravagant here. And yeah. something like that. It's just the it's it's peasant food. I mean, not the cut of meat <laughs> per se, you know, but just yeah. the simplicity of you have some herbs and some cream. And Good some salt. meat and some veg and some salt. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. It was so incredibly just fresh and beautiful. And I just kept looking back and Stu being like, what? What? I'm like, this is magic. And I kept looking mm-hmm. at all the people around the table. I hope you know. This, this is, is magic. magic. Right. Almost every stitch of this is from our farm, which mm-hmm. not every meal is. And that's not even necessarily my goal. But right. it does add this just element of appreciation. And dang it, if it just didn't spark this, man, beauty mm-hmm. is important. It is. It. <laughs> we could have just had something. It could have just been utilitarian. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. It was simple. It wasn't pretentious. It wasn't fussy. And I just thought, how else does this apply, like, to these spaces that we're cultivating here? Mm-hmm. You know? And then my kids, like, I don't like tomatoes. I don't want to eat that. I'm like, get out of here. You're kicked out. Kicked out of the family. Right. <laughs> One of my boys was like, this veal's a little fatty. I was like, it's veal. It literally has no fat. <laughs> feels a little fatty oh my goodness oh so can we cue the wine music real fast yes please let's do that and then let's dive into the beauty sure beauty um i've actually been thinking a lot about dry farms lately because like i've been sharing with you guys i've been going through my dining room and such with a fine tooth comb and i brought my little wine cooler upstairs so now it's in my dining room and it just feels like such a gift as a homemaker to have really intentional beautiful wine stashed and ready for 
personal enjoyment or enjoyment when you have company over to have a special bottle to pull out. Mm -hmm. So this is the part of the podcast where we encourage you to pour a glass with us of Dry Farm Wines. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash Homemaker Chic is where you can put your order in and get a bottle for free or a penny with your first order. You can decide if you want them to ship you reds or whites or bubbly, beautiful things. You can do a one-time order or you can have it delivered every month. Totally up to you. That's dryfarmwines.com forward slash Homemaker Chic. And the reason that these are the wines that we stock in our beautiful homes that we're working so hard to cultivate is because there are only two ingredients in every single dry farm wines, and that's grapes and whatever natural yeast exists on them. Amen. And that's No it. sugar added. No sugar, no yeast, no additives, no fillers, no flavorings, no colorings, no nonsense, just grapes. I think more than anything, the coloring grosses me out, probably because you can conjure up a visual. Visual. I wouldn't know what a GMO yeast looked did like, look, looked did. Oh my gosh, we got checked for saying kids is the other day. <laughs> okay, just so you know, sometimes what we do is a little nerve wracking. We are speaking into a microphone to thousands of people. We know that every word will be judged and sometimes they just come out wrong, even if we're not totally oh, I don't ignorant. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, kids is. Kids uh, is. Kids is. Whoops. Um, um, so here's what I do think everyone should do. Our current dry farm, obviously, if you've never tried dry farm, we want you to because um, bottle for a penny is a big deal. And our current dry farm customers, which we know there's like thousands of you, uh, you should kind of like double up or if you normally get six red do nine and start stashing for the holidays mm -hmm. because it's so wonderful to tie a beautiful little bow with a sprig of some greenery or something and have something to walk into someone's home with so you're never empty-handed and it's such a pleasure to have a little extra on hand so you can just grab one and go you don't have mm -hmm. to worry about a hostess gift then mm -hmm. i also like it too when we have people over and we have enjoyed a nice bottle. I love to just feel like there's there's excess here and that's a sacrifice. Um, but it's a beautiful offering to your guests to be able to bring out such a beautiful, beautiful wine. Sure. So do check them out, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. You can find right. it there. What, um, uh, what are you sipping? What did you have with I, the meal? What did this is what I had last night Ooh, with my beautiful meal. Hold that, that I steady just shared so I can with you. It. I can't see it because of the glare. Oh, the glare. It's okay. Just tell me what it is. It doesn't look familiar. Well, that's helpful. That's too odd. Not, not. Okay. So it looks kind of like a Greek, a Greek god, but you know, he's like half horse. What's that called again? A cen centaur. Centaur. Yeah. He's like a centaur. It's like centurion. Playing a flute. I'm sure there's a story <laughs> there. It's called Vin de Vigneron. Vin de Vigneron. Wine of the winemaker. Wine of the winemaker. It's from wine of wines. Southern Wine. Southern Wine. <laughs> Kids is oh Southern Wine. It's from Southern Rhone. And so this is like the southeast part of France is mm -hmm. where the Rhone region is in France. So it's a blend. Grenache, Carignan, and Syrah. <laughs> okay. There I go. Killing it again. This one is a little bit higher alcohol content than a lot of one times you see with dry farms. So this is 12.41. Um, and that just has to do with how much sugar is naturally in the grape. Mm -hmm. um, 
really beautiful. So we were talking about the dyes. Um, You'll notice that when you pour a red wine from Dry Farm Wines, it's much more of like a claret red color versus like a purple. Yeah, it's going to look more like your like Pinot, like even a grocery store Pinot, like that kind of a color, claret, like you said, not that Welch's. Mm -hmm rotten welches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes they're so dark, like at a restaurant or something. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. And you know what's interesting? It's terrifying. I can smell <laughs> those wines. I can smell the yeast mm-hmm. from those kind of cheaper filled out red wines. Yeah. You can smell it a mile away. I can anyway. Um, Dry Farm, they don't smell like that. It's weird. But mm-hmm. if you guys get a bottle, you'll know what I mean. Okay. Um, so okay. that's what I'm going to finish <laughs> today. <laughs> Started last night. Sounds like a plan. I will plan on finishing this later after I finish my latte. Um, Just kidding. I'll wait till appropriate time. But it is Thursday. So here we are. Thursday at what? Like 158 (laughs) is officially the weekend, right? Yeah. All bets are off. I think so. (laughs) I really do try to package my work into the beginning of the week so that I have time a longer weekend to work on farm work and just the labor that needs to be done around here Mm -hmm. and beautiful things. Beautiful things. Mental space for creativity, for creating beauty. Yeah. I definitely would think, say that, I mean, as much as I'm still like lighting a candle when I can and there's fresh flowers, the beginning of the week is much more utilitarian. Yes. And then I just kind of like let go. I'm like, okay, now we're going to create the vibe. Yeah. (laughs) Now, now. the the beginning of the week in our home, at least as a work at home, homeschooling family, Mm -hmm. it's not about pleasure, really. No. uh, And not everything should be about pleasure. We have duties and obligations and education and Mm -hmm. work and labor. And these are really good things. Um, And I don't mean pleasure for the sake of just like, what do I want kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, today I kind of want to talk about, I know you've been here a lot lately too, just in your headspace. Okay. The different forms of art and creativity that we all can take part in, whether or not we quote, see ourselves as creatives or not, but I've just been leaning into this, just wanting to saturate the home in different types of art and different types of beauty. Hmm. I think actually one of those things can be organization. Yes. Um, So I shared with you guys that I'm listening to the artist's way. I'm really struggling through it, honestly, because I really, really do not share a worldview Hmm. (laughs) with this lady. So it's really difficult. (laughs) Are you, I mean, do you find yourself just mentally having to like keep sorting out? Yeah, what? I'm just kind of okay. mentally like, no, okay, that's I don't agree with that. Here's how okay. I would see this. Uh-huh. Um, but there are nuggets. Like mm-hmm. my father-in-law always says, you got to take the meat and spit out the bones. Absolutely. We, we should always be doing that. That doesn't mean there's not good things to take from it. Right. And one of this, the myths that she sort of dispels at the beginning of this book is that in order to be artistic or to be creative or to appreciate the arts, we have to be a hot mess <laughs> Like we think of, who was that yes, artist in the I know 50s what you're that like was a drunk? Uh, he did the like uh, splatter. Pollock. Or Pollock. Pollock. That's what yeah, I'm thinking yeah, yeah. Jackson Pollock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And it's like you just got to be drunk and living on the edge of destruction all the time. Toulouse track prostitutes and you're swinging from the chandeliers. Yeah. At the Milan Rouge. You got to yeah. have like <laughs> loose hair and wear mm-hmm. scarves and burn patchouli. Like this is what a real artist. Angry, <laughs> cutting your ear off, all the things. <laughs> It's true. No, that is like a major stereotype that to be creative, you're unorganized, you're yeah. you have dependency issues. Oh, yeah. Historically, if you look at the artists that that we always will often end up studying in school, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're hanging out with prostitutes and then killing themselves. I mean, it's like yeah. there's a lot there's a lot going on. Yeah. And then you have some more like Monet, you have some more family stable. Yeah. You know, there's. But I think the stereotype goes to the drama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, to the hot mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think about the musicians. Mm-hmm. The You know, these great musicians that we love. They're a total wreck. But not all of them. Not all. There are some that sort of tease out this artistic and this creative element without sacrificing, <laughs> you know, their family, their structure. Their sobriety. Their sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. So what, like, what is this looking like now for you in your house? Because, you know, we talked to Allie on Monday. It's all about this organization and, and intentionality with the kind of stuff that we have. And I'm all for that. Uh-huh. And I think to counter that conversation, um, we don't have to lose that structure t- to be artistic and creative in our homes. Right. Okay. So for me personally right now. Sure. Uh, I am personally, this is the time of year where I am opening closets and saying, okay, I'm, I'm the alpha male here. I'm the alpha (laughs) female here, as it were. I'm going to get it together. You're going to get a once over before homeschool starts. So it's, it is like that kind of cathartic time of year for me. Anyways, I shared the other day that I did my closet, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, made a battery box that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but Personally, I don't know how much I've shared on the show as compared with private conversations with you. Personally, as a creative, I am listening to a lot of podcasts about the mind and just trying to understand habits and the time of day that it's best for me to be creative or what it means for me to be creative. I um, have always looked at creativity and music and art, which are passions of mine that are very underdeveloped as something that I needed to feel. So maybe that does sort of lean into that that um, hot mess myth. Like I was waiting for the creative surge and waiting for this and waiting for the timing to be right. And personally, I am trying to create more discipline, mm-hmm. look at my creativity as a discipline that I just do whether I'm feeling it or not. And not everything I put my hand to has to end up being some masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's just for the sake of being creative. And I have sort of along the years of being a grown up believed this lie that like, well, if I don't have time as a type A achiever, you know, as if I don't have time to end up with a masterpiece or I don't have the skill set, no, whatever it may be, finishing a song, completing the littlest sketch finishing a garden bed idea that I had. If I don't, if I can't get it the way I want it, Mm -hmm. then I'll just walk away. I'm just like, I have a little mental tantrum. Like I am done. That's not, I'm not going to finish this, Uh, which is a a terrible habit. 
And I'm trying to change my mindset to, or just my thought process to just looking at it like, no, this is just the discipline of getting better. If I noodle around with a sketchbook in the evening for five years, how much better I'll be in five years. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't aspire to be an artist that like sells my artwork. I just want to get better. But I was thinking, I think I just believed this lie along the way that I'm just going to wake up better one day. It will happen with age. It'll happen with having more time. Yeah. Um, So so she she really dispels that myth in this book, The Artist's Way, because, you know, every once in a while you'll get the one off, hey, I am kind of a hot mess, but I've made something incredible. Mm -hmm. It does happen. But for For sure, everybody else... Um, it's a discipline. You get better mm-hmm. at it because you have enveloped it into your lifestyle. So yes. I've been talking to my trainer a lot about this because she um went on vacation for a day. <laughs> so I missed one training session with her. I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> like I don't okay. like missing it. My body actually, it wants to do it now, which is- You craves it. <laughs> well, that's just- yes. Let's just talk about what a miracle that is. Right. I Let's talk hate to sh- it. Four months ago, Shay, okay. versus I, today, Shay. Yeah, I right. hate it. It's hard. I want to throw up every time I do it. Um, but the discipline is there. Hmm. And I've what has happened in doing this consistently and not letting myself give up on it is that you realize habits are just formed. It is a lifetime endeavor. And that's how she comforted me. She's like, Shay... We're not doing this so you can like win a swimsuit contest in mm-hmm. 12 days. You know, By we're November. not working. Yeah. We're not working towards a deadline. Right. You, this right. is a lifestyle. And like this is this is now just part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how we kind of need to think about creativity. Um, I don't know if any other moms relate to this, but like I'm being lapped by my daughter. Who's only, she's almost 11, and she's now a better piano player than I am, and probably a better drawer and painter and watercolor. And I mean, because she just gets mm-hmm. to practice so she much. She gets to, yeah. She's very well read, incredibly well read. That's her, her mode of understanding the world is through literature. Mm-hmm. She's very much like her father in that way. And it's a beautiful thing to witness just absolutely wonderful but it also does make me hungry as a creative i want to i want to be a part of all of it with her you know Mm -hmm. i want to hear her play i want to be able to play and i think accepting these things is just kind of like ooh, this is just going to be this is going to be a fun thing to take on for my life I probably won't ever be a professional, <laughs> but like we talk right. about celebrating the amateur, celebrate the amateur. Right. Oh my gosh. An amateur I am, by the way. Right. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's still, again, it's this culture of if you did it, you got to show it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't always have, you don't, don't have to. It. Hey, guess what? You don't have to. Yeah. You can have true. pages of books. By your nightstand full of poetry that you're attempting and you don't have to ever show anyone you still wrote a poem or you still wrote 500 yeah. poems it 
putting it on social media is not a validation of its existence. It's not proof of its existence. Yeah. We would like to thank American Blossom Linens for not only being our favorite linen company in the entire world, but also for sponsoring season eight, Make Your Bed of Homemaker Chic podcast. AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 to get 20% off of your new bed linens. As we head into fall, as we redress our beds, and as we celebrate this theme of making your bed even more beautiful, we want you to do so with American Blossom Linens. Whether you're looking for beautiful, modern vintage sheets to dress your bed, or a new duvet cover, or a new pillowcase, this is where you need to grow. This is the only 100% American-owned linen company in the entire United States. This is a family-owned company that's over 100 years old, sourcing the most beautiful Texas-grown cotton and weaving them into sheets that are made to last a lifetime. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com Use coupon code HOMEMAKERSHE20 for 20% off of your new bedding. We get asked a lot how we care for our skin and what kind of makeup we use, and the answer is simple. We use Tubes & Co. I want you to visit tubesandco.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKER. This is your one-stop shop for all things natural and organic. From face washings, you have to check out the charcoal bar, to glow serums, which is probably the most beautiful thing I've ever put on my face. Emily has created all kinds of wonderful products for you to utilize on your skin. So whether you're looking for a new foundation, a natural mascara, cruelty-free and additive-free lipsticks or blushes or eyeshadows, Tubes & Co. has what you need. Visit tubesandco.com. Make sure you also try the frankincense tallow balm while you're there and stock your bathroom and makeup case with pure, beautiful products from Tubes & Co. That's tubesandco.com, coupon code HOMEMAKER. We'd like to welcome House of Tokumen as a sponsor of the show. You can find them at hotrugs.net. If you are tired of throwing your money away on cheap rugs, that do not survive your lifestyle, then you need to dress your home in hand-woven rugs from House of Tokumen. Did you know these beautiful vintage handmade rugs are known to outlast their plastic counterparts by two decades? All of the House of Tokumen rugs are heirloom quality and made from the finest cottons and shapes wool. Buy directly from their website and always enjoy free shipping in the continental U.S. or enjoy custom sourcing from a one-on-one buying experience. You are guaranteed a -a one-of-a-kind rug, no fake antique rugs, machine-made copies, or replicas. Shay and I love our rugs from House of Tokumen. We know that you will, too. Visit House of Tokumen at hotrugs.net. That's hotrugs.net, and dress your home in beautiful rugs. The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is a sponsor of Homemaker Chic Podcast because, frankly, homemakers have to cook. This is for home cooks out there who would love some new inspiration ideas and motivation in the kitchen. Each month, you'll get five new recipes shipped to your door or to your inbox, whichever you prefer. Recipes will range from entrees to side dishes to desserts to sourdough breads and everything in between. I'll also guide you through the month's recipes with a long, in-depth cooking video showing you new skills and encouraging you as you give these recipes a try in your own kitchen. And lastly, you'll be invited into our exclusive community of like-minded home cooks where you can ask questions, share your successes, and gain inspiration from women just like you. 
The Elliott Homestead Cooking Community is here to inspire and nourish your family with whole food recipes, price conscious recipes, from scratch recipes that are designed to enjoy. We're going to teach you to bake. We're going to teach you to use sourdough. We're going to teach you to ferment things and to try new ingredients. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com to join as a member today. On that note. Okay. Okay, women. <clears throat> hear me out. What if... What, how do you think our homes would change if we were just, just so intentional about what we took in, what we brought in, whether it's the audiobooks we listen to, the podcasts we listen to, the shows that we watch, like I, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but like, what if instead of, you know, watching your Netflix show at night, like what if you laid in bed and just listened to an, an audiobook of Huckleberry Finn? You know, like, what if you listened to, like, Great Expectations and you just Mm -hmm. made your way through a classic piece of literature that has stood the test of time because it has value? Like, I just wonder over time, over time, how do you think that would change the average homemaker? Because when you think about it, we're waiting in the Starbucks line and we're scrolling Instagram, right? Or we're like, Mm -hmm. we're at our kid's soccer practice and like, we're listening to some schmuppy book that has no value it's just twaddle Mm -hmm. as charlotte mason Mm -hmm. would say Mm -hmm. i don't know just thinking about that lately i think it would make a big i mean i think it would make a big difference uh jennifer does that i was just connoisseur you know she's so good with her i love her her chic assignments like now expose yourself to this now expose yourself to that uh there's a lot God, it scares me. Like, there's a lot being lost as far as people that are not exposing themselves to things. What's it going to be like in 20 years if we don't keep reading Great Expectations? And keep our brains to the capacity where they can take in big, hard things. Shay, right? I once listened to (laughs) a show. I wonder who the interview was with. I don't know how I stumbled upon this. This was years ago. I don't know if someone sent me. It was, I think there's a guy, his name is Hugh Hewitt. I'm sure a lot of people know who he is. He's like a conservative radio host. And he did an interview once. I'll never be able to find it. But he was talking to somebody in education or or something. Again, totally don't remember. (laughs) But he was talking about how 100 years ago, 150 years ago, the average farmer was so much more educated than we are today. The average farmer knew all the classics. The aver- Like this average, just like right now, I think we equate education and, you know, air quotes or whatever with affluency or with uh, nobility or, you know, you watch shows that take place in the past and higher learning is only mm-hmm. for certain people. But he was talking about how people a long time ago had so much more of an understanding than we do today of the classics and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all that I remember. But I remember being very like hungry. It made me hungry. I wasn't mm-hmm. in a position at, a t- at the time to pursue it more, like kind of investigate more of what this guy was saying. But I can make a connection that I can speak to. Think about Laura Ingalls. When you read when she's in school and she's memorizing the history of the United States and has to get up and give this whole chronological, like she's just standing yeah. there spewing everything that she knows she's got it all memorized 
She has a total firm understanding on the historical timeline of her own country. I think like we just really forget mm-hmm. what our minds are capable of taking in. We hear more formal ways of speaking. We hear Old English and Shakespeare, or we we open um, Charles Dick or you know, Dickens or something, and mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, that's not the way I talk. My brain can't. I can't do that. My brain won't take that in. We like really forget. Yeah, that's like the capacity of what <laughs> yeah. of our brain and what we could learn in just a few days if we'd expose ourselves to it. Yeah, think about being in a foreign country. By the end of the week, you know how to say exit bus. Could I have like you yeah. just get it? You know, yeah. we really limit ourselves. Yeah, I think that's very true. And to say I can't do that—that's just a stupid thing to say. And I mm-hmm. say that as somebody who said it about a lot of things. Um, I'm going to keep going back to this analogy because it, it Go. has taught okay. me a lot. Um, but working out with Rochelle, when she's like, we're going to do a deadlift, I was like, I can't do that. And she's like, I know you can't do that, you dummy. Like That's, that's why you're here. <laughs> that's why you're here. And you don't mm. start out by lifting 250 pounds. You start out with, I started out with a PVC pipe. That's how she taught me how to do it. You have to get your form. We're just going to get in the habit. You're going to show up every Tuesday and every Friday, and you are going to move this stupid PVC pipe in the right way. And then after doing that, after you get your footing uh-huh. a little bit, okay, then you move up to the bar. We're just doing the bar. We're just deadlifting the bar. And before you know it, you can keep your mm-hmm. form, and you've built up enough strength. Okay, now we're going to add weights. And I know that's like the silly Slide example. Slide two fives on there. <laughs> exactly. But right? at the end of eight weeks or nine weeks or whatever, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have actually stretched my capacity. I'm not as Mm -hmm. weak as I thought. I'm not as like completely inept in my own body as I thought. Mm -hmm. I've taught myself how to do this thing. Well, Rochelle's taught me, but Mm -hmm. like I'm capable of doing this thing. Stuart, I, this is what, (sighs) Stuart is teaching Shakespeare next year to his eighth grade students. Stuart loves Shakespeare. Georgia loves Shakespeare. I have never read Shakespeare, which is embarrassing for me to say. I know. I know. Listen, I'm 35 years old. I have so much beauty. I have so many things that I want to learn and to see. I want to want to read Shakespeare because it is one of those things you read and you're like, can't do it. Brain's off. Guess I'll just go listen to a podcast or something simpler. Who said it's like... Just under the Bible as far as beauty. Tolzer? Who said that? Zero idea. Some, someone said some Christian. Yeah. Author. Zero idea. Um, mm. Anyway, mm. but I think it's it is one of those things you're like, you're not gonna be able to take it in all at once. Just like Shakespeare didn't just write the things that he wrote. He grew into them. He wrote mm-hmm. things that segued the way into them. Um you can also train your mind too. You gotta like train to, your mind, or train your brain yeah. to to see the nuance and to to get it. Yeah, and like don't don't be afraid to Google things. I, yeah, I if I'm teaching poetry to the Thank kids you. and we're working on a poem, I know there's something else going on here with this poem. Yeah, you know, um, I just Google yeah. the meaning of "Ode to Autumn." Help me you to know? see this. Help me to see this, and then. Mm-hmm. Then after you do that a few times, then you kind of start having eyes to see it in other things. Yes. You know, and I will read something and like an understanding or an analysis of a poem, for example. Like, oh, duh. Yeah. That wasn't that wouldn't have been that hard or exposing yourself to more history so you can put the poem in the 
time in the context of when it was written and then light bulbs really start going off or so much. Yeah. And and here's the thing. I I should not be, none of us should be the star of our own of our story. We should not be the star mm-hmm. of our world. Okay? There is a conversation that we are entering into that has been going on since humans mm-hmm. have been on this earth. We are but small dust particles who get to be here and experience and engage in this conversation for mm-hmm. a period of time and then we are gone and the conversation will carry Goes on. on. Yeah. Now, these classic works of literature, um, many and most of which I have not read, <laughs> they're, they're classics because they engage. They help us to understand the world as it was, the world as it's going to be. They help us to engage in a thoughtful way in that conversation. And I know if you've got like kids in diapers, you're like, screw you. I'm not reading Shakespeare. Okay. And I get it. It's taken me 35 years to get to the point where I'm like, maybe, maybe I could take some of that in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's been Stu's encouragement. It's like, listen, all these classic works, so many of them are free on Audible. Like we talked about the other day. Mm -hmm. Plug it in, sit down. Read it along as, but as you're listening to somebody who who knows how to speak it, this language, yeah. right? And then just that's what I have to do. Yeah, you know, Amelie is like watching Jane Austen. She's watching Downton Abbey. She's like she she watches and reads. So mm-hmm. she's had a chance because her and I hang out together to hear the way those pages are coming to life, right? right. So like with Aiden, I've said to him like you're. Dickens is just going to go right over you. You need to like read and listen at the same time. So you can get the nuance, the way the, right. The voice is lifted at the end of a sentence. You know, you need to get it. You don't get, you don't get um, stuck down. Speaking of that, the guy who plays Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman, one of my favorite TV characters and or voices of all time. He Mm -hmm. narrates the adventures of Tom Sawyer on Audible. I'm pretty sure that it's free. It might not be. It might be a credit. But anyway, he narrates The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and it's amazing. So when Georgia did, took a literature class last year online, mm-hmm. that was one of the first books they had to read. That's a tough read. I yeah, mean, Juliet was like, They're using oh words. They're using language that are tricky. Yeah. And But by the end, it was like no big thing. And I guess that's what it comes down to, regardless of whether you care about Shakespeare and you want, or listening to Bach, who, huh, but like- any of those things, you don't want to just stop growing as a person. You don't want to be right. like, that's a hard thought. Guess I'll go browse YouTube. <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. I don't want mm-hmm. my children to be that person. Mm-hmm. I want them to be the type of people who can have a conversation about something deep and meaningful and track it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And have, be able to intelligently interact with the lifelong conversation that has been going on. And art is a huge way of how we engage in that conversation. Hmm. Music, literature. We're kind of on an art bender in this I house. Know. Yeah. We are. Well, we, you know, I told you, did I say on the show? I, I get sometimes because I'm here with a camera and a, uh, I can't quite remember what I've done because I teach like design classes for Old World Design Society. We meet. I can't remember what I've said here or there. Have, have I shared with you that I found like two oil paintings, like real oil paintings? Uh, with, with me, but personally. 
personally. Yeah. Okay. Not on the so, podcast. Friends, here's what happened. <laughs> I go thrifting every Friday. Whether that is good or bad, you can judge me accordingly. I don't care. Um, I love to find treasures. I love to see things from the past. It gets my wheels spinning. A lot of times I just come home empty handed. It does. I don't care. It's the thrill of the hunt. Whatever dopamine is happening there or whatever, I don't care. That's I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and and so what happens is I get to know the shopkeepers and I love developing a rapport with them. I'm an introvert, but there's something about interacting with a shopkeeper that I or a picker mm-hmm. or whatever that I really enjoy. Yeah. So I walk in a few weeks ago, last month, whatever, maybe not this point, and she's like, "Ooh, Angela, I have something for you. I have something to show you. I think you're going to really appreciate it." Cuz like I live in a very small community and not everybody up here is looking for European influenced mm-hmm. treasures. They want they want ships and sailboats and nautical. Most of them are on vacation and, you know, it's different type of merchandise they're looking for. So she comes out with these little oil paintings and I'm like, I'm trying not to overreact. Be cool. Be cool. Mm-mm. And I said, like, how much? I, immediately. I'm just like, how much do you want for these? I need these need to come home with me. She had three. She's like, well, I've been Googling them and they're real people. They're real. They're Googleable artists. Mm-hmm. And Googleable. I don't know. Googleable. <laughs> Kids' rooms are Googleable. Uh, she's. I. She's like. I. Don't, I don't know. I. I think they're worth like four to seven hundred dollars a piece. But I also have to know my audience. Like who up here is going to buy that? Yeah. I don't know if I'm just going to end up putting a hundred dollars each one on each one and being glad that they sold. I said so and so. If you put a hundred dollars each on these, I will buy two out of the three right now. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. They're so sweet. Um, she's like, okay. <laughs> so I came home with these oil paintings. You're so ridiculous. Now, granted, that's more than I typically pay, but I'm no fool. Like, mm. it was worth I it. I get home, I start Googling these artists uh, at auction, like the minimal, their, mm-hmm. their minimal piece on Google is like $1,700 for oh one of these. I am assuming. I'm sitting like between the two paintings, they're worth at auction at least 3000 together. I don't mm-hmm. know. One guy's the top one guy has sold for 2900 his most expensive piece. Wow. All that. Yeah. It's very exciting because I had told Joel last year, I said, um, I know some people buy silver. Some people listen to those ads on the radio and they buy precious metals. I would like to start buying art. Yeah. And just having it. And then that's inherit part of the children's inheritance or yep. whatever. Girlfriend, I am on my way. Yep. (laughs) I have a few engravings. Like we've been, Amelie and I have been going around the house and taking things off the wall and researching them. And oh my. Yeah. I've been making some good decisions the last few years. It's fascinating because then we we Google and we learn about the person. And then you might know something else about their, what country they're from or what city. Or Amelie's been pulling up towns just in Europe on Google Earth and just studying look at this church you know and then she'll go in the church and mm-hmm. gosh it's such a beautiful the art world and the music world and everything literature that is a beautiful place to be it is and it's timeless That's a beautiful it place carries to be. on mm-hmm. you know art has a way of doing that i mean i think about the resources that we put into into museums and such to keep these cultural nuggets of time you know, these artistic mm-hmm. expressions alive. I mean, it's um, 
And if you don't have a palate quite for that, listeners, know that it can be developed. Um, the first time I went to Italy and I went to the Uffizi Museum in Florence, it was pearls before swine. I shouldn't. They shouldn't have let me in. They should have a test and be like, "Do you know anything about anything or, or not?" Because if, <laughs> the if not, like, test, like get out of line. You don't oh, belong Shay. here. Okay, but I remember seeing the Botticelli like room and almost wetting myself. I mean, it was the most beautiful. Like thing I'd ever seen in my life, like the mm. the you know birth of Venus and just like, I mean, just extraordinary. And that was it for a long time for me. I'm like, this is the only artist I like <laughs> because I didn't have enough understanding to have that expand any further. So just know, mm. like, um, and I think Jennifer does make this the Daily Connoisseur. We keep referencing Jennifer, but she does these chic assignments over on YouTube that are really handy. Like I'm going to introduce you to this author. Or I'm going to introduce you to this poet. I'm going to introduce mm-hmm. you to uh, this composer and just exposing you in bite-sized nuggets to a culture that might be completely counter to the culture that you understand. Like mm-hmm. I always joke, like I have my background. is like very much cowboy culture. You know, it's like mm-hmm. George Strait and Coors Light. And me some George, Strait. you know, it's, yeah, I, it's a culture that I still very much love, but it's like we weren't studying Botticelli listening to Bach. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. And so coming in from something completely different, there is an enrichment to be able to just completely continue, continue to grow, continue mm-hmm. to appreciate a beautiful engraving. We don't want to limit ourselves. And even mm-hmm. if that means like uh, Chesterton talks about, we're being mm-hmm. broad. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be like, you know, the people at the museum who can maybe speak about every piece or understand, oh, well, you know, this was the paint that they used during this period, or I can tell it's from this blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to sound like an idiot and pretend like I know <laughs> anything that I should say right there. <laughs> right. Good for you if you can. Um, Good, tell yeah. us, remind me again, where is that Chesterfield quote? Chesterton. Found? Chesterton. Um, Chesterfield. I'm thinking of furniture. <laughs> Chesterton. Um, so it is in The Art of Domesticity. Um, it's an essay. Domesticity. Okay. The Art of Domesticity, yeah. I think. Uh, Chesterton essay that he We've did. We've talked about it a lot on the show before. Yeah. I can't remember if it was homemaking uh, or domesticity. Okay. Yeah. Chesterton's I'll he's a little bit of a controversial notes. character, but I That's okay. there's a lot of we, good we to all be, are. take the meat, spit out the bones. There's a lot of good stuff to be taken from that. But be for sure. For the homemaker to be able to be broad, it's kinda like we talked about with Allie on Monday. Like you pass the sock and your laundry room's a hot mess, the sock tears you down. If you try to engage with certain things in the world and you don't have that foundation uh-huh. of just understanding of appreciation, it can kind of wear you down. Like there's a beauty to be had for the the woman who is at home and yet in her home can escape to art galleries and literature yeah. and listen to amazing music. And maybe it's just honing a craft. Maybe it's playing the piano. Maybe it's knitting. Maybe it's calligraphy. Maybe it's making okay. short films. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, too, a couple things. Okay. I'm going to make a note here. Um the twaddle is going to wear you down. Yeah. So if you are a homemaker and you're feeling like strung out and mentally you have nothing to give, there's no beauty swirling around up there. Like, what are you exposing yourself to? 
Are you reading CNN and Fox every single morning? It, do you turn on Good Morning America on the kitchen counter TV? Is it just blaring at you do every you day? Do you get your news from memes? <laughs> or, yeah. Are you on <laughs> Facebook? Do you get sucked into the Facebook rabbit hole? Are you... Mm-hmm. Is there... Are you exposing yourself to any... Because if you're not feeling... Be- like, you got to put in. Yeah. And and it's not just that you're not putting in art and literature and good music, finer things that have withstood the test of time. It's not that you're not doing that. It's like you are filling your mind with something. Mm-hmm. It, it's what is it? I think if you're feeling just abrasive and yeah. icky and empty, it's, it is important to see what you have been feeding yourself. I'm not stating that very well. You are feeding yourself something. Everybody is. It's not just that you're not feeding yourself. Yeah. Okay. Something is going in. And I would like to speak to this too, because I, you know, you and I are similar. It's why we're best friends. uh, One of the reasons we're best friends. Um, We have this commonality in love of antiques and we have a, you know, decor. We, we have similar decorating styles. Mm -hmm. I would never want to have someone feel like, oh, well, then I have to have oil paintings or I have to go thrifting or I have to have filthy old books all over my shelves to mm-hmm. be that person. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer's another great example. Mm-hmm. Her house is very clean. Mm-hmm. It's very structured. There's really there's no old musty moldy books laying around. <laughs> you know, you don't have there's to. There's no chippy furniture. <laughs> there's no chippy furniture. You don't have to acquire the old things to mm-hmm. educate your mind in the old ways. Very if that's not so. your vibe, if you're a condo girl and like we were saying the other day, you've got your house plant and your succulents and awesome. everything's white or whatever, like that's fine. Like I'm not talking about mixing the two. Obviously, they're yeah. going to mix with certain personalities, but yeah. So I think about this. OK, so the theme of season eight, make your bed, make your bed. Thank you, American mm-hmm. Blossom Linens. Use coupon code HOMEMAKER, by the way. You can get a good <laughs> discount if you. Homemaker Chic 20 Sorry. is the coupon code. Shake. Homemaker Chic 20. Okay. I think that they, this is so applicable to even something like our bed. Okay. We're not just making our Mm. bed. What do we do to it? Like we get a lace coverlet. (laughs) We get a beautiful duvet cover. We wash Mm -hmm. our sheets. We uh, maybe spritz it with our perfume. Maybe we have a great embroidered pillow that our great grandma made for us or something like Mm -hmm. we're layering in this beauty, something that could just be, and may, you know, again, your bed's going to look completely personal to you, right? But it's still going to be this, this place that sort of reflects what's going on in our homes and in our hearts. And I think even in our artistic expression, Mm. yeah, expression. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe that's like just even a good place to start, you know? Yeah. Something as simple as that. And your bed is not going to look like my bed. And my bed is not going to look like somebody else's bed. They're going to be completely different. And as it should be. Because mm-hmm. if this is about creativity and artistic expression, we are all going to be different. Because we all have different souls. Different stuff right. comes out. Right. Um, I've tried to appreciate things that other people appreciate. And I'm not quite there yet. That doesn't mean I won't get there. And I think... That's sort of the difference because old Shay would have been like, I don't like that. (laughs) That's not who I am. And new Shay is definitely like some things 
our acquired taste, some things take an understanding to be able to appreciate. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to step up your game. Sometimes you have to just kind of digest something that you don't love all the time so you can get to the place where you do love it. You know, mm-hmm. to go back to our working mm-hmm. out example, I don't love it, but I like the results of it. So you're just going to keep doing it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of one of the beautiful things about art is there's no there's no arrival. Yeah, that's one of the beauty. I mean, that's just like gardening yeah. or sewing yeah. or really any of the domestic arts. You're never done. No, you're never done. And that is a wonderful thing that that mm-hmm. allows for longevity and mm-hmm. hope for the future and a lack of staleness. Yeah, I think about this sometimes with David Levovitz, um, who's an Instagrammer, uh, old pastry chef from Chez Panis in San Francisco and You know, he's been living now in Paris for a long time, a decade, maybe more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he still talks about like the kerfuffle that he gets into with the French language. And here's a man who's been speaking French for 10 years, completely saturated immersion (laughs) language, you know, and language in very many ways is an art form. I mean, sure, there's like a somewhat of a structure to it, but it's an art form because there are words and ways that we say things in a culture, in a language that make no sense. Oh, for sure. Right. Sometimes I say something and I think, my goodness, if someone from China was trying to learn English and they heard what I just said, God bless them. I would just throw in the towel. Exactly. Or the weird sayings that we have, like, don't Mm -hmm. throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't look to get look a gift horse in the mouth. You know, (laughs) Um, all these weird things. They were like, what are you talking about? It's kind of like in the the French, they call their babies like, isn't like a term of endearment, petit chou, like little cabbage. Petit chou. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we wouldn't call our kid cabbage here. But no. we would, like I call Juliet peanut. That's what I call her. <laughs> She's like, why do you call me peanut? A legume, right? <laughs> like, come on, peanut, let's go. I have go. a whole book of French <laughs> idioms. They're hysterical. <laughs> isn't that funny how languages have that? Mm-hmm. But for somebody like David, like, yeah, he can speak French, but he's probably never going to arrive. No. Just going to keep on, keep on kind of working through it. Wait, <laughs> waiting through it. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> I love that part of it. So what kind of beauty are you going to cultivate today as we step into creative time? Oh, um, Joel is almost, I think... He's almost done with the ceiling in the conservatory. So okay. I get to put it all back together. Okay. I get to hang my houseplants back up and put my oil paintings back on the wall. And it will be so much closer to being done. The trim for the doors has been ordered. Um, but it's like very, it will be livable now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Pretty, pretty darn excited. And um, did I tell you about those books I got about pottery? Yes. Last week? Yes. You can On tell the show? That, no. I think I mentioned it. I think. Oh, yes, you did mention it. It's very convoluted, these conversations between. Yeah, right? They're very convoluted. Um, what's her name again? Amelie? What's the, what's, no, what's the book about the pottery, the pottery lady? Frances Why Palmer. Can I ne- Frances Palmer. I can never remember her name. Mm. Okay. So I'm reading her book. Yes. And she's talking about, Amelie and I are reading it. She at one point she starts talking about her intention to learn pottery and yeah. become better, and she starts traveling. She goes to China. She goes to different countries to learn 
different, like very old methods. And it's super exciting. And so we're reading this book together. Mm-hmm. Someone locally just offered us a free kiln. Ridiculous. Which is, is cool because That's here's so the backstory. Cool. 20 years ago, someone offered me a free kiln. This is how long I've wanted to learn to throw pottery. I took it financially. I, I couldn't even afford the clay. I couldn't afford the wheel. I couldn't afford classes. Nothing. The kiln just sat. And I finally had to get rid of it. So now all these years later, so another one is being offered to us. So we're going to pick that up today. And at uh, this local shop on another trip where I found the oil paintings, I found this beautiful collection of books. Each book is about a different kind of pottery. Delft, Islamic, Chinese, Greek, The irony is unbelievable. These books are beautiful. I think, what is today? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So I think my most recent YouTube video has these books in them. Okay. They're beautiful. It's very exciting. That is so exciting. There has been almost no one who's inspired me as much to become a creative as Frances Palmer. I think she's, I mean, a, she's covering all the like, look at the book. It's pottery, flowers and food. Yeah. And she's like, I'll make pots. And oh, and I guess I'll grow some flowers to stick in the pots. Maybe I'll add in some vegetables. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just so incredibly beautiful. And she did it while mm-hmm. raising young children. And it's, yes. oh, man, it's fabulous. I told Stu, I'm going to go to my grave with a small but respectable Frances Palmer vase slash pot collection. And. Mm. Uh, I also want to do a plug because Stu bought me, uh, we had sort of, he wanted to buy me a painting for my birthday, an original painting because, okay, because I'm, this is important to me. And I chewed around like, who am I going to do? Who am I going to like, who am I going to get? Am I going to find an old one? You know, an yeah. old oil painting. Am I going to find a new contemporary artist? Like, what am I going to do? Anyway, I found this woman through some very deep rabbit trails that I traveled, Mm -hmm. who is an artist on the East Coast. And, you know, when when there are certain artists and it's different for everybody, but there are certain artists where you're like the balance, the color, the perspective. That's what I need it to be. Mm. Um, And her art does this for me. And so I've also decided that I'm going to have. Like you can just get me this every Christmas or birthday. Aww. Her name is Maggie Safferty. And so her Instagram, if you guys want to check out her art, um, it is an mm-hmm. investment. I will say that these aren't like the mm-hmm. type of these are not your um, your goodwill paintings, which I also mm-hmm. have those. OK, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but she just does really, really beautiful work. So her Instagram is Maggie Safferty Fine Art. Her name is M-A-G-G-I-I. It's kind of how if you just search Maggie Safferty fine art, you'll find her Um, incredibly beautiful art. So uh, I got her picture. Finally, my birthday was like six or seven months ago, but it's here and it's remarkable. And I put it in a very central location where I walk past it 50 times a day. And every time I do, it's just a a boost to that creative juice. That's just like There are beautiful things out there. And I know when you look out there, it looks kind of bleak, but there is beauty and art to be cultivated and appreciated. Just watch what's coming in and really work on investing and cultivating the good stuff while you're in the confines of your home. Really focus on the good stuff, guys. Definitely. That's 
So true. Um, I'm going to give a little plug just because I don't think today's an old world ad. But if you want to learn more about art and older styles and the historical aspect of things, do do consider joining uh, the Old World Design Society and grabbing a subscription to my magazine because our private classes, we really are fleshing a lot of this kind of stuff out. Yeah. So if your interest is piqued, you'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Well, a huge thank you to American Blossom Linens for sponsoring season yeah. eight of Homemaker Chic Podcast. Visit them, AmericanBlossomLinens.com. Use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC20 to get 20% off of your purchase through them. A huge thank you again to our patrons who have kept Homemaker Chic on the air, patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic, if you would like to show your love to the podcast. And um, I think that's it for us today. Go. I think we're going to have go have a good weekend. Oh. Good, beautiful, yes. artistic filled weekend. Go pop your earbuds in and listen to something delectable. We need, I wonder, what should I listen to first? Hmm. Oh boy. No okay. pressure. Okay. I'll think of it. I mean, J- Jane Eyre. Okay. Done. There you go. Done. <laughs> All right, Not ladies. We'll see you okay. back here on Monday. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>